0: I've always kind of just like snuggled up with anxiety and depression. I'm an open book. We'll talk about my mental health struggles. I will talk about the things that go on in my mind.
1: I am bringing this woman on today because I want
0: you to understand that this is what building an online business actually looks like. I would identify as being a people pleaser to an extent. And it's hard not to just be like, whatever you want, I'll do the things, anything that you ask, I'll just do it because you're going to give me money and I'll make you happy and it'll be great. What was that switch like in your... Or brain was that difficult what was the work that went into that my husband david works from home as well and sometimes i just look at him and i'm like i love this life we've made like i just yes. i love us i love our family i love the things we do we don't have the newest cars we don't have all this flashy stuff but we love our lives we do stuff that brings us so much joy we enjoy our time and i'm not willing to give that up podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life.
1: It is time for something new.
0: Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture, open your eyes, find your passion, and discover how movement unites us all.
1: Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to give Maestro life. Three, two, one. Hello, 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 my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, I have with me a guest, and it only took me like three hours to get the tech set up. And I'm embarrassed about it because this is something I pride myself on that the tech is going to work, and then it didn't. And guess what, folks? All I had to do was restart the computer, and everything is good. I can hear her, she can hear me. I don't sound like a robot. This episode has been a long time in the making. I've been asking and she was like, I will let you know when I'm ready. And I was like, autonomy is sexy. Okay, I won't keep asking. And then I asked one more time and she was like, you know what? I am ready. So today I have with me someone who has been in the ecosystem for an incredibly long time. Uh, She actually is the moderator for my mafia group. Uh, She came through the Instagram intensive and I have just been honored and privy and privileged enough to have her in my ecosystem and be in her ecosystem for feels like 11 billion years now. If I read her official bio, it says she is a registered counselor, mindful movement coach, and self-kindness advocate. She takes a mind-body approach to supporting others to befriend themselves and their bodies to help combat self-criticism. I guess I could say to help combat, emphasis on the different syllable there, to help combat Self-criticism, stress, overwhelm, and persistent aches and pains. I am bringing this woman on today because I want you to understand that this is what building an online business actually looks like. So often we get stories and fairy tales that it happens overnight, and you niche down, and you do one post, and then you get you hire a coach for a billion dollars, and then suddenly you have ten thousand dollar months. It's not how it works. That process of niching down can be incredibly difficult, somewhat painful, usually pretty long. And I've been with Erica working through this and I want you all to hear what it actually sounds like to build an online business. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Erica Webb. Welcome, friend.
0: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting and I'm so pleased to be here.
1: If you folks can tell, she's not from here. She's not from these parts. <laughs> Erica's from down under, although she actually has like a little combo accent because there's like a French Canadian thing in there.
0: There is. And also, yeah.
1: We love it. We love it. We're here for good accent. Everyone that's listening is like, shut up, maestro. Just let Erica talk. She has a good <laughs> accent, not you. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, Erica, I'm gonna pass it immediately over to you. I read the bio, but I want you to take us back because you have a very cool background um, and a very interesting background. So, hmm, I'm gonna pass the mic, and the question will be: can you take us back to before you had an online business and share with us whatever part of your story you feel like best encapsulates you?
0: Absolutely. I'll go way back, um, because my, I guess, resilience in the online space, um, cause you know, no, no kidding when Shanta says that it is not the uh, smoothest path, my resilience in that space, I think really stems from my, um, experiences in the corporate world and my kind of refusal, I guess, to go back to that life. Um, and I think that's a really important part of the story. So, um, I have always been the kind of person that is like, I love everything, you know, like I want to try everything. It's like I could be this, I could be that, I could be, you know, anything. I would love to try to be everything if I could. And so I had this kind of um, life, I guess, peppered with lots of different things. And I really didn't have a very clear direction on what it was that I wanted to do. It was like I could do All the things. Um, I spent a long time thinking that I wanted to do something in the forensic world, which is really funny when you actually know me because I'm incredibly sensitive. Um and so I was studying yeah, you probably don't know know that. I actually studied criminal criminal justice administration and it was a field trip to a high security prison that made me change my mind. Um and very rapidly it was like I had one path went on this excursion and then was like that's not for me anymore um but basically I ended up in a situation where I was doing a a double degree in law and behavioral science and I just burnt out I just was miserable and so I rapidly kind of changed path and ended up falling into a a career i suppose in like public service i guess is what you'd call it in the us um in the government industry and, and not-for-profit doing social um social research i guess so like talking to the public. I wasn't really the person doing the talking, but analysing research, analysing data, writing reports, trying to make experiences for people better. And it was fine. Like the work was good. I was pretty good at it. It was, you know, it was fine. Um, but I was miserable, like really miserable. I hated going into the office. I hated all the stuff that went on in that dynamic. Like there was just a lot of bullying. There was a lot of... um you know, all the stuff that we see in a, in a kind of workplace that is not so well structured and run. And so I left with just a sense of like, what is this world? You know, like, what is this? I don't want to do adulting if it's like this, this is too much. So I had been doing yoga at the same time. And I thought, you know, when am I most happy? It's when I'm doing yoga. And, um, so I just decided, you know what, let's just pull the pin on this career and become a yoga teacher. Obviously that was going to be lucrative. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's no, no yoga teacher over. Um, And I also knew that I wanted to start <clears throat> a family. And so this seemed like a really good, you know, combination. I was like, I'll teach a bit of yoga. I'll have some kids. It'll be great. Um no And so I have taught yoga. It was just, you know, it was simple. Math was simple. <laughs> um, <clears throat> became a yoga teacher had two kids and I worked sort of through that that time as a yoga teacher, always for myself. I, I worked a little bit here and there for other people, but I mostly worked for myself because I was really kind of burned, I guess, by that early experience of working for other people um fast forward I ended up burning out again and it was less because of the work that I was doing as a yoga teacher and a movement teacher and more because I had turned into a complete martyr okay um, as a mom oh and yeah so I had two two kids two little kids they're only two years apart my youngest was just a, a very unsettled baby and so I didn't sleep I you know felt like I was a terrible mum because I didn't think these kids liked me. Um, I'd never asked for help. I didn't receive a lot of help and I was just a a mess. I really fell into a pit of like deep self-loathing and it was awful. It was, it was absolutely the darkest period of my life. And I was still teaching yoga and love and light and all of those things. And it was all just very, um, I, what I realized was I wasn't turning a lot of what I what I knew towards myself, and so I guess fast forward a little bit, um, what I came to realize was that I was you know I just had very little respect for myself. I had very little love for myself, um, and. In 2019, I made the decision to pull the pin on all of my in-person classes. So it was actually pre-pandemic, which is kind of crazy to think about now. Um, And I moved my in-person business online. Um, And that was not received particularly well by my current clients. They were like coming to your house and doing yoga. Um, But it was... One of those decisions that was like, well, this is like, this is yeah. the right decision for me. It felt very similar to the decision I made to leave the corporate workforce. It was kind of like, this is just like, this is what I have to do. If I, um, if I care at all about my well-being, this is the decision that we have to make. And I'd, in that period, like there's like a lot of years, I sort of skipped a lot of years, but in that period I had really come to, you know, love myself and like myself, which was really important and respect myself. And that part of all of that became a huge part of the work that I do. So that's kind of the backstory, you um, know, nuttish sort of show. I have so
1: many questions. I, I'm going to do them on the one that's top okay. of mind. I've, I've been writing things down. We're talking about coming to love yourself. You may too, I like this phrase, pull the pin. You said that twice, one was leaving the corporate world and one was leaving the in-person yoga world. Those were separated Mm -hmm. by a lot of time. And so it seems like when you left the corporate world, there was that self-love was
0: there. Yes? No? What was that? I think I've always had a real sense of self-trust. Okay. But I didn't like myself. Oh, okay. At all. Yeah. And I think this is the thing that's been really interesting to figure out, actually, because there has always been that deep sense of, knowing what I need. And I, and I always trust my gut. Like it, my gut has never, ever led me astray. Um, all my important decisions have come from there. And, and yet a lot of the times I've made those decisions, even in a state of, of like honest self-hatred, like I, wow. I really have. And so I don't quite know how to, yeah. I don't know how to kind of marry those things up, it but exists. um, yeah. But do you know what? That's the thing that I've come to recognize is that maybe I did love myself. Maybe I did. Because the thing is, that's probably been my biggest realization over these years is that you don't have to feel loving towards yourself to be committed to acting lovingly towards yourself, right? Like you can take action that says like, I am important Mm -hmm. without having, without really necessarily feeling like, you know, what loving feelings, you know, feel like in the moment towards yourself, because we spend so much time kind of thinking, well, if only I could prove my love to myself, right? Like if only I could prove that I'm good enough for my own love, if only I could prove that like I'm good enough already because I don't make mistakes. I never disappoint myself. I never let anyone down, you know, like what, which human, like find me a human who never (laughs) does those things. Right. Um, And so the thing for me has been huge around this idea of like, I can love myself and still let myself down and still be completely imperfect and still do things that I wish I hadn't done. And then the foundation is still that desire to have a loving relationship with myself. So maybe I did. It's a really good question. I actually don't know. So and the duality, <laughs> they are allowed
1: to both. Yeah. They're allowed to both exist. I was just like, wait a minute. What happened in the middle there? With I'm going to ask mm-hmm. it because it's you. You had kids. Are we thinking that like just the physiological – part of having kids like did that heighten some of the like less than nice thoughts
0: possibly yeah i mean i had two kids really in fairly close succession um maybe maybe there was a a physiology thing i mean i didn't sleep yeah by the time i was pregnant with my second baby i still wasn't sleeping i still wasn't sleeping when that kid was born so it was just like the sleep deprivation was yeah. literal torture um and and i like i was always like i was either always breastfeeding pregnant both yeah. or sleep deprived and like i don't I, we don't give women enough credit for this dude, stuff. <laughs> dude. Like, it's crazy
1: all your people that are carrying children bless you that's uh, yeah i know it's not for men like that is Wow. Because it's not done when you're done. It's not done. It's just starting. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. So that was the first one that I have written down. Let me, let me keep going with that. You, well, I'm going to back it up for a second. It makes total sense what Erica said. So we put up our business hats on for a second. It makes total sense. You make a decision to go from in-person to online that people are like, but I don't want this. Like, because they came into the store looking for in-person things. So if any of you are, are listening to this, please be taking notes of all the things. And there's a little business note. Like there should be two categories. Like one page is for life and the other side's for business. And under business, people came into the store for one thing. If you change the store, we have to expect that some people going to be like, wait a minute, I really like you. But also. So let's keep going with that timeline then. Uh, you decided to move things online.
0: Then what? Hmm. And here we are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And now, Um, so I moved things online. And like I said, that was 2019. And so it was a really interesting situation, actually. And it was very, um, I feel very lucky in the way that things kind of came together because I, so funny story, I had a friend, a girlfriend who was also a yoga teacher. And she said to me back in the day when like your um, Facebook had just come out with business pages, she was like, I think you should get a business page for yoga. And I was like, why would I do that? I don't, I don't want to be on Facebook like that. Why would I do that? That's so silly. Like, yeah, cool idea. Um <laughs> Anyway, I did eventually get one and I was like, thank goodness that she mentioned, she sort of dropped that little, little clue. Um, But I was really lucky because I was one, I wasn't the first person doing things online, obviously, but I was certainly one of the first in my kind of immediate kind of um, crew, I guess. And so people were recommending me, like, if you Uh. don't want to go to studio, if you don't want to do this. You know, maybe think about joining Erica's studio. So I ended up with, I think, like forty people joined from the start. Now it was like super cheap. It was like fifteen bucks, twelve bucks for some of my um, kind of clients that I had in person. So it was really cheap. So I wasn't breaking any any records there, but it was enough for me to go, oh, this has got yeah. some legs. Like this could actually work. So. I kind of like used an open door, closed door model, like a launch mm-hmm. sort of model for that. And so I closed the doors and then did like another launch. And I think I got maybe another 20 in that second launch. So I actually had like yeah. a really good success early on. Yeah. But since then, it's been very slow um, in the sense that I have, I don't even know how to describe it, but I guess I've, I've had like kind of more of a, a steady in out mm-hmm. kind of. Situation, yeah. right? I don't do an open-closed model anymore. It's just always open, currently, anyway. Um, and I've spent a lot of time, which I know we're going to dive into, figuring out exactly who I'm talking to. Bad. Because over the period of time from, you know, end of 2019 till now, obviously a lot of stuff has happened. And like all the people are on the internet. And I did not capitalize on lockdowns to push the hub. Um, I didn't, I just didn't, it didn't feel good yeah. to me, even though I knew that I could obviously help people. I wanted to help the people who were already there. So when I, when we sort of, when we had like all the lockdowns here, mm-hmm. where I am in, in Australia and um, I really just focused on supporting the people who were there as best I could. So we did a lot of live streams. We did a lot of um, classes kind of over zoom and it was awesome. It was really, really wonderful. In In that time, though, sort of once all of that got a little bit better, um, I decided that again, oh, my gut's telling me I don't want to be teaching five live streams a week. I stopped teaching in person so that I had more freedom and suddenly I'm stuck attached to my computer again. And so I've changed the structure of the hub a few times. I've changed the name a couple of times Um, and now it is kind of a hybrid model where I do maybe like five or six live streams a month. Um, and a lot of it is just DIY. Um, but I'm forever kind of trying to find that happy balance between what people want and need and what I'm willing to provide. Um, and that's been a really important part of all of this because it's easy. It's really easy in the online world. I think when you have a lot of voices and you have clients with opinions. Um, you know, I still have some of my in-person clients say, when are we going back? I'm like, we're not, <laughs> um, holding on. you know, I might do a workshop. <laughs> I might do a workshop here and there in person, but like you're not going to find me opening my, my doors. Cause I, I had a studio in the house. Um, so you're not going to find me opening those doors again. And like, that's, that, that era is, is over. Um, but it can be really hard. Like I would identify as being a people pleaser to an extent and, um, it's hard not to just be like, whatever you want, I'll do the things, anything that you ask, I'll just do it because you're going to give me money and I'll make you happy and it'll be great. So there's been a big part of that process of kind of refining what I'm offering because I want it to feel like it supports the life that I want, you know, um, which is something that you have taught me very, very well um, to like be living a life that I want because I didn't come into the online world or the business ownership world to just like recreate that crappy experience that I had in That part, yeah, that part
1: right there. Can we back it up? Can you talk me through this? And I think it's going to tie into the self-love stuff that you were speaking about earlier, because it's interesting because you said you've had self trust in the beginning, which is why you're able to like take these leaps. But the self love portion of I am not going to just teach a zillion classes and I'm not going to just do it this way because other people want it. What was that switch like in your brain? Was that difficult? Was that hard? What was the work that went into that?
0: I'm one of those people that's always doing the work. Um, I put that in bunny quotes for anyone who can't see bunny us. Because um, I'm conscious of the fact that sometimes that just sounds a little, you know, eh, okay, cool. Good for you. Um, but I'm I'm always doing that kind of introspective work. Perhaps some people would say too, too much because <laughs> I can be very introspective um, to my own fault sometimes. But I guess for me, a big part of it actually is the fact that I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> honestly it's it's really well it's really interesting working in the wellness space because you are spouting a particular story right you're sharing a particular point of view to support other people in their well-being and my take on it is if I'm in the background literally burning myself to the ground in order to share a message Mm -hmm. of wellness it's not the way it doesn't make any sense so I am really committed to sharing what I share through like a, like a, um, what's, what do we call that when we're like aligned? Like, no, I don't want to use the word aligned, but like, you know what I mean? Like we're, can't think of the word aligned. I want to do it in an aligned way where I am living what I'm teaching. Yeah. It would be really easy not to do that because it's a lot easier to say the things than do the things. Um, and I've been, and I've done that before. And, and like, it doesn't mean that I always am practicing what I preach because that's a big part of what I teach as well as just like, bring more of your human self to the table, please, because you are not perfect. And, and that is perfect and you don't need to be right. You know, so I'm not perfect yeah. in what I do, but it's been very much central to what I do, particularly in the last probably five years that I have to live what I teach and so it would be very easy to be like, yeah, we'll teach 15 classes a week because that's what people want. It'll get more people through the door. I can charge a higher rate, whatever, but I don't want to do that. that. Like, the, and I, and I feel that in my that. body. Like I just feel it in my body. It's just a straight up no. And I am much better at that. I don't know. Maybe there's something that comes with getting older as well, you know? Um, yes. I turned 40 this year and, and like, you know, you hear all these stories of people like, when you turn 40, you're going to be annual. And I'm like, they're not even wrong. Like they're not even wrong. I feel it. It's so much easier I to feel be, it coming. Yeah. Like, it's Uncle like, fuck. this is what I want. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And so, yeah, there's that, that there's that element of wanting to be um, honest, I guess, and truthful in, in what I share and, and living it. And, I also just like I can't ignore myself. Like I actually can't ignore those gut feels. Erica, take
1: me back a second because the word you're using is easier. You're like it would be easier to run 15 classes a week and make Hmm. money. You know, charge higher, get more people through. What does that actually mean in terms of? Is it is that easier? What does that what does easier mean?
0: Hmm. Good question. It would be easier because it when I say easier in that context I guess I mean easier from a um a mental am I keeping the people happy kind of place um got it I know that in the in the in the lots of conversations that we've had over the years you are one of the very few people who I know who hasn't who doesn't really get it? Like, no. in the, don't I don't. Get you get me. I know you get me, but you don't get that self-kindness sort of piece. You don't get that because you you just live it. You just are that. You just do it. You don't have to learn it because it's who you are. But for most of us, um, it is the, the mental anguish, I guess, of following your gut or following your heart or following your way can be really tough to reconcile when you're when you've kind of grown up or or learned that in order to be worthy and in order to be loved you have to please the people around you so it would be easier just to please the people around you you know like it would be easier for me just to be like what pleases you and I'll do that because it's familiar to me it's comfortable even though it would it's not comfortable in all the ways Mm -hmm. but it's comfortable from that kind of um yeah, like there's a bit of mental arithmetic yeah. that goes on, I guess, oh, to be is. like, people want me to do this, but I want to do that. And I feel like, what if they don't like me anymore? You know? Um, and so the the lack of ease, I guess, like the, both are actually easy in their own way, yeah. but the lack of ease comes from that, I guess, argument in your head of like, am I, re- is it really okay to center myself and to prioritize my needs? And like my answer now is always yes, it is. Um, But it took me a while to get there for sure. It's fascinating to me.
1: You you use the phrase mental anguish and I'm like, that is such a heavy and powerful word, uh, phrase. Easier doesn't mean happier. (laughs) No. Like as I'm listening, easier because there's less mental anguish. Because you know, like yes, that this will please the people, and I've been told to do this. It's yeah. familiar. It's seemingly seemingly safer, but it's not. This spectrum, this continuum of like easier and happier—they're not. They're not. They're not even the. On. I don't think they're even related. This <laughs> is <Let's just> throw <laughs> <You> that out <laughs> here. Notes. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, easier and familiar. Mm, spot on. And. subsequently thinking safer that makes so much sense so that in mind with what you just said where you are on the other side of this now and ants you've answered the question wouldn't it be easier wouldn't it be safer or like would there be less mental anguish would it whatever you have data now what made you actually believe the data
0: hmm what made me believe the data I think it comes, mm, that's a really good question. I think it comes back to that, that yeah. trust that I've apparently always yeah. had, that I I didn't always necessarily know that I could trust. And I think, I think this is really an interesting thing. I tend to not talk about the esoteric very much at all, because I don't think like that, right? I'm, I'm pretty grounded um, in what I can see. <laughs> um, however... There is a part of me now that just knows what I'm sensing for in in the thing that I trust, right? Mm -hmm. So like like I've mentioned a few times, I feel it in my Mm -hmm. gut when I know that I'm right or when I know that I'm taking the right path for me and I've just learned to trust that Um, because as soon as I get out of there and I get right up in my head and I overthink things, I will almost always go in a direction that I don't intend. Like a good example of that actually is – I flew to LA yes, for boss up. And like, that was the biggest deal. Yes, did. I didn't um, realize. In my world, it was, I mean, you knew uh, once, exactly. I, once and I, I was got like, there should I come pick you had up? Like a complete freak out. <laughs> but it, it was really, it's, it's a really good example. Like, I sat there, I saw that the tickets had come out, and my body said, go. Like, it was just un, like, I could not ignore it. It was like, my body says, go. And I was like, that makes no sense. It's going to cost me like a million dollars, but like, yeah. you She's know, in Australia, it's going to so actually, yes. one million dollars. <laughs> the dollar was terrible. Like the dollar was like 50 cents or something. It was insane. I have to leave my kids, which I'd never done before. I have to get on a plane by myself, which I'd never done before. I have to figure out how to use a goddamn lift, <laughs> which I'd never done before, which was the thing that created all the problems when I landed. Um, and I have to go and like meet people who I, I like feel like yeah. I adore, but I've never met in person. Like, is this, a, is this a crazy thing to do? Like, is this wild? But my gut said yes. And so I bought the ticket and I was like, but then my head's like, you're you're stupid. What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And so I've learned to trust the feeling yes. more than the yeah. thoughts. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I ignore the thoughts because you know, like if, if the thoughts had been convincing enough, I possibly would have changed my mind. But um, i'm just much better at at feeling what is true for me than i ever used to be um or maybe it's more that i'm i'm more confident in choosing that direction because I think i've always felt it but it's like i i feel really confident in that inner sense of knowing um which like i say little it's a little Not out there all. i guess but i don't I actually don't it's think it, it is all. i think we all feel yeah. that but we just don't and maybe people feel it in different places, right? Like for me it's very gut-based. I think for other people it's like can be heart or head or whatever. But um starting to trust that, trusting trusting like the body's wisdom ultimately, um, I think is huge.
1: Have I, I wanted to say have the voices quieted, but that sounds like schizophrenia here. <laughs> like I get that has I get that. <laughs> has the, have the thoughts gotten
0: kinder over time. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I so as you know I work as a counselor as well as a movement coach and the the thing that I think is really interesting for for humans to understand is that the thoughts can get kinder but it's sort of like not a pre not a prerequisite for doing what makes sense for you. So yes, the thoughts have gotten kinder with practice, but keep in mind that I've been doing this for like 10 mm-hmm. years. Um, like a really strong focus on self-kindness, self-compassion, trust for ten solid yeah. years, and yes, my thoughts are much kinder now. But the mean thoughts still come up. I'm just much better at getting space between them and like what I decide to do next, and that is the that that is the tool you know, as, and as a business owner, cause I know that's sort of like where we're going with this, but like as a business owner, being able to like get space between the thought of like, I'm terrible at this, I'm never going to be successful. This is terrible. I should just burn the whole thing to the ground. And like, what I decide to do next is the key because like, you know, our brain just thinks it just thinks it doesn't, we don't We say, Hey, I'd love to have a thought about how awesome I am. I mean, we can do that, but also, our brain's just going to like fire some things off and give us like a picture of doom and gloom or a worry or anxiety. And we can either think, oh, okay, that's true. My brain only provides me with accurate information, which we know is not true. Um, or we can get some space and be like, huh, that's so interesting. I'm having the thought that I'm terrible at this. I want to burn it all down. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. Nobody loves me. Huh? Interesting. (laughs) You know, and fascinating. It's It's
1: fascinating because we had a mafia dinner last night. I brought in Rachel Strickland. We've had that. We've had her on the podcast before. If you could link that. Thank you, Courtney. Um, And actually a different Erica in the mafia. You have not met Erica, this Erica, but a different Erica. So there's four in there now. Um, (laughs) Erica Marcano, she asked about, she had a question. And one of my answers to it was, certain times with business we actually want to compress that for people that are ideators we actually need to compress the time between idea and Mm. action because they'll just like come up with a million fucking ideas and it's like we gotta pick one and take action this is the opposite where you want to actually and like this makes so much sense and we're going to segue into like kind of the work you do and things like that because we know that the breath gives us a pause it gives us a pause to actually respond as opposed to react and it's fascinating to hear that you that's what you have to lean into is I actually need space in between these thoughts and what I do because if I act immediately, I'm not going to do, probably not going to do the thing. So can you speak to how, speak about how this, and let's say creating this space in this moment, how does that tie into the work that you do?
0: Mm. What else I first, actually is just that I am actually an incredibly quick Action taker, which you know. Like I'm like I'm starting a podcast and then there's like three episodes up. So when I know what I'm doing and like I'm clear and I'm and again, I might not have all the pieces, but like I'm actually very quick at action taking. And and that's the thing about getting space with your thoughts that is I think something that a lot of people don't get, is it doesn't take very long. So or it doesn't have to take very long. And so a big part like so the the work that I do, I work with with people who um You know, maybe they are the people pleaser, right? They're constantly putting everybody else's needs before their own, and then they wonder why they feel like crap. And there is this element of like these these ways that we have of thinking are very like old. (laughs) We've been replaying this sort of style of thinking our whole lives, and so we can't just be like, "Well, I'm just going to think differently," because it just doesn't work like that. Um, We can certainly kind of try, but. The reality is we have to work with what's there. And so there's this, this part of like, even through movement, when you're on the, on the yoga mat or in the weight room or wherever, there's going to be thoughts that come up of like, Oh, I, you know, my body is letting me down or I feel so terrible, or I can't believe I haven't done this for six years. And I feel so bad about myself and all of these things. And so it's this skill of being able to see the fact that we're having a thought that doesn't support us in the direction that we want to go. And that's kind of the thing that I think is really fascinating is it's like, we don't even have to question whether these thoughts are true or not. Right. Because from a business point Mm -hmm. of view, I have objective evidence that I would make more money currently today working for someone else than I do at this very moment in time working for myself so if that was my measure of success then yeah I'd probably be right in burning it all down and going and doing something else but if my commitment is to my business which it is and to my well-being which it is then having that thought is not helpful in taking me where I want to go and so there's this part of there's this piece of like Enough space to see that you're having a thought, right? So I like the I like the um strategy of just being like, oh that's interesting. I'm having the thought that I'm terrible at business," um, and just kind of labeling Mm -hmm. it, right? Like naming it that there's that thought that that I'm terrible at this. Um, and for me, I sometimes there is value in questioning Mm -hmm, our thoughts mm -hmm. because sometimes they're just straight up lies, but. Other times it's like, maybe that's true, right? Yeah. Or maybe there's elements of truth. Maybe there's kernels of truth in that. So that makes me it very hard for me just to sort of set aside. And so it's like, well, if I know what my values are, right, which we we know Laura Jean Laura talks Jean. about all the time. We love her. Um, and if we know what what our guiding light is, like our values can be this sort of guiding principle, if we know what that is, then it doesn't matter if the thought is true or not <laughs> We can decide if it's useful or not like does it have utility in moving me in the direction that i want to go so if i want to create a movement habit and my thoughts keep telling me that i'm lazy and um too much in pain and and whatever i'm not there, there might be some elements of truth to me in that statement but it might not lead me towards the thing that i want which is to create a movement habit and so then i can go okay this doesn't support me in what it is that I want. There's a good chance my brain's going to keep telling me it though. Mm -hmm. And so I have to have a way to create enough space and it doesn't have to be days of space, right? It's like literally happens in the moment of like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm having the thought that I'm lazy and this is never going to work for me, but I'm really committed to trying. So here I go, let's strap on our shoes and let's, let's go do that movement. Um, And it's the same with business right like honestly over the years like i've worked for myself now for 13 years um and the number of times that i've wanted well not even wanted the number of times i've thought about just like literally Mm -hmm. burning it to the ground is so many I could I like every month I think like clockwork I'm like should we just should we just light a match and set done? this thing on fire um <laughs> <You're done. laughs> what does that even look and like I do though it in certain forms. Cause It's like online space it's I don't like know. I'm just not
1: posting anymore and I sent an email out well exactly to people, yeah it's done like
0: it's interesting or like a big a big well, announcement like, like, it could like, be so I've small like you have a brick this. and mortar
1: you're like ah burn it down like, an online business I'm like what <laughs> yes. does that mean? <laughs> It'd be so
0: unsatisfying. I cancelled Canva. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I deleted all my apps today. Um, <laughs> Canva is nothing to me now. Um, but it is. It's just having enough space to be like, oh, I got to remind myself what I'm committed to. And and the thing is that there might be a day where yeah. the answer is, oh, I'm no longer committed to that. Okay. Yeah. Like, but it's fine. it's having the space the thing that can get really hard I think is that we get really uncomfortable with our thoughts because they we make it makes us feel like bad people right like oh having these thoughts I must be a terrible person I must be um a, a bad human I must be a bad business owner because I keep having these thoughts and then we build up so much shame we build up so much guilt we build up so much feeling of like otherness right like everybody else is doing it right um and so they kind of just simmer in the background. We don't ever pull them up close enough to us to be like, this is what I'm thinking and is this helpful for me in the direction that I want to go? And I think that's the really powerful thing is like, honestly, the number of times <laughs> that any of us in online business or any kind of business could walk away is is honestly like we probably couldn't even count them for a lot of us. Um but we got to get like we got to bring those thoughts like out of the recesses of our yeah. brain to be able to like do something with them, right? I so, think you have
1: something yeah. so big there of the shame of having the thoughts. That's a different yeah. approach to things. The both and the duality of it. This is this this conversation is really mirroring conversation um, that Rachel brought up last night. She talks about gremlins and you know helping people move forward through things by acknowledge which is exactly exactly what you just said you acknowledge like, acknowledgements is can be the antidote so long as there's action taken next and the action yes. is guided by what your values are and you're saying like okay that can be true and is not helping me get to where i want to go the cool mm-hmm. part here that you just said that i would love to have you tap into more is the reality that they can both exist like you said the shame that people have because they have these thoughts like to me, it's a really powerful statement right here of just like, if you're gonna have them, you're gonna have them. Some people have them, some people don't. Like, there's mm-hmm. no it's okay. Like that permission that you're giving people of that when, and maybe you don't have an answer for this because of kind of the direction the work has that you've done has taken, but do people come in wanting to get rid of the thoughts?
0: The thing that I hear most that would sort of speak to that, I guess, is people often will talk about wanting to find peace. Um, that's probably, and I and I've thought about this a lot lately because you know yeah. we've had a lot of conversations around like what do people come for, and I'm like I don't know, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> We should talk about that actually. How much you <laughs> the the questions? Oh, the questions. Um, but I think that that's probably what people say more often than not. Is it's like I just can't find peace. I can't find peace within myself because it it's like it's like it's a big secret, but humans have very similar experiences. Mm-hmm. And I find that fascinating, you know, like the number of times and not just in my work but like in my life I've always been the kind of person who's very honest about how I'm experiencing life and I'm, a, I'm an open book. You know, I will talk about my mental health struggles. I will talk about um, the things that go on in my mind because I know that I like I've always kind of just like snuggled up with anxiety and depression. I've, I've always erred more in that direction than like, you know, glass half, half full and I know that about myself and I'm very honest about that and there would it I I can't even count the number of times people will be like I had no idea that other people felt mm-hmm. like that and to me the closer that we can get to our humanity together right like the better Because we spend so much time, and I use the royal we here because I know that there are exceptions to this rule, but we spend so much time trying to tidy up our human parts, right, and to make ourselves somehow more perfect. And in the process of doing that, we are denying our experience. We're denying our reality. We're denying the things that are actually happening for us. And so, of course, we feel shame because anything that we deny we're kind of saying, well, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. This is bad. This is not right. This shouldn't be happening. And the approach that I take is like, well, this is happening. This is how you feel. This is what you think. And it's not bad. It doesn't make you a bad person. And so for me, there's a, a huge piece of just like education around like what it is to be a human. And that means that you have this safety Um, scanning machine in your head that's going to make you do some pretty kind of strange things sometimes and think some kind of strange thoughts. And, you know, some of them are going to be really uncomfortable. And it's like, we think that having thoughts (laughs) that are like, maybe not nice, or maybe um, even mean sometimes, right, makes us a bad person, makes us a cruel person, makes us a mean person. And that is just not true. It just means we have a human brain. And so I want people to move in closer to their humanity in order to develop that self-love because we can't love ourselves only when it's all okay because I don't know when that happens, you know, especially if you are like me, the kind of person who can be hard on yourself, who does kind of align with that idea of being a bit of a people pleaser perhaps you know a bit of a perfectionist or um kind of feeling anxious a lot of the time or sad or whatever it might be um yeah we don't we don't want to just keep denying parts of ourselves it's it's a it's a messy way to messy way to live
1: i have i have multiple hats on right now part of me is like i want to thinking about business coaching but then part of me is like wait a minute what's erica saying let me wait a minute (laughs) And then part of me is like, the, the one statement that stood out is that people, and I know people say this, they say to me, like, I didn't know other, um, if you come and you're saying something, uh, and, you know, I didn't know other people felt like this or experienced that. It's, that has been an interesting thing to hear, because I have gone into everything thinking everybody thought this. Like I'm like, oh, you don't think that? that? Mm. Oh, okay, well. Is this is because that's you're
0: like, wait a minute. Uniform. I yeah. I that. That's not yeah. what you're thinking?
1: Okay. Now I know. <laughs> and we're gonna talk now because I thought that's what okay. So it's so it's so interesting. And I totally agree with you that like people, you know, trying to hide parts and I wanna circle back to this because this Erica and I have spent 15 years working on niching down. And <laughs> I we do it. From the – this is more of that duality. We do it from the business side. I just just put an episode – or no, I just recorded an episode. It'll come out next – well, this is the fun of podcast land. When this episode comes out, that episode would already have come out. Um, But I recorded an episode about do you need to niche down because I'm sick of this discussion online. Because the answer is yes, you do. Like – If you go to a grocery store, you go into a grocery store, it's niche down. Like you're not like, oh, it has everything in here. And like, I don't know what this is. I'm just gonna walk into this store. It has to have a like a purpose, the problem it's solving. Especially in the online space, like the more specific you can be about the problem that you solve, the easier it is for people to say, Yes, I have that problem and I would love for you to help me with it. Yes, they can just fall in love with you and be like, You're awesome. I want you to help me with anything. But as a start and getting traction, being more specific with the problem you solve can be helpful. So Erica and I have have spent years now just navigating this and it makes sense too. It makes so much sense now hearing Erica's story. It should make sense to you why it's been years because Erica is the type that is not afraid to try something on and wear it and then is like I don't want this anymore. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. Like, that is actually the process, folks, for many of you. That's going to be the process of niching down. And I have seen a market arise with business coaches saying, oh, you don't have to niche down. Just come work with me. And then I'm going to charge you a million dollars. And I'm like, also, no, they do have to niche down, but they have to go through the process of learning their no and being like, that's not it. That's not it that doesn't really fit. Oh, that's more closely to it. Especially, you know, someone like Erica, someone that is multi-passionate, multi-skilled, multi-talented. It's a, it's a, you have a leg up if you're like, I just like feet. Like I'm thinking about Courtney Conley, like, she just like just likes feet. And they're like, well, bless. It's great for you. But for most people, you do have to go through these, go through these, this, these different things. What I keep getting stuck on and hearing what you're saying, and I had a conversation with uh, a client the other day, is there is a fine line between identifying the problem that you solve and trying to take away the things that people need, right? So she mm-hmm. was kind of like, I work with... um oh gosh, what is it? High achievers. And like these words came out and I'm like, but you're not trying to make them not be a high achiever because they need that. There's a safety in it probably is what got them this far. You're a high achiever yourself, which is why you've been able to do all the things you have. So like the way that it's phrased, like I'm not trying to take that away from them. So Mm -hmm. tying into what we've been talking about and you've been talking about, about being a people pleaser and perfectionism and are you, how does that tie into your work? How does that tie into the niche? Are we looking to remove some of that from people? Are we trying to acknowledge, accept radical self-acceptance and then help them move towards something else? Where are we at?
0: <sighs> the old there we go. conversation. <laughs> you are not joking when you say we've had 15 <laughs> years of um, conversations about this. What I do want to say, and I will answer your question, but what I wanted to say about that is like, as business owners, the biggest thing for me with this has been not stopping yes. to try to figure it out because yes. I've continued to work and sell and do all those things while I keep trying to refine and figure it out. And I think that sometimes the reason that we want to not niche is because we're like, but I, do- I, I've got like, I don't want to slow down. Right. Like I don't want to stop what I'm doing. So you don't have to do that. Like I, I, have perhaps not pushed things as hard as I could because I'm like I'm not entirely sure how to use the language to reach the people that I want to talk to but I've never like just disappeared from this the world never, of the internet never. right yeah never. so um yeah the niching thing's been really hard for the longest time and you know this um I've been very much focused on the vehicle of change which for me is self-kindness self-compassion self-acceptance and I couldn't get any language around who needed that vehicle and like what the outcome was. I was like, mm-hmm. I just want to sell the vehicle. Yeah. Please let me just sell self-kindness. Yeah. And the number of times I'd get off a call with you, and I like I love you so much, but I would get off and I'd be like, why does yeah. she keep asking me the same question? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. the answer. <laughs> and it was, and it has taken like like literally years, literally years. Literally. Yeah. Is. So for me, what I've realized is that the outcome that I want to support people with is self-love and self-acceptance. It's that ability to be like, here is my whole human self and I will be, I like the term, like I will be my own soft place to land because it kind of speaks to that desire that people have for peace. Right. Because sometimes when you don't like yourself very much, or when you're very focused on other people's stuff, being with yourself is really uncomfortable because you're mean it's like sitting with somebody who's taunting you it's awful and so I want for people if they want it for themselves um that sense of peace being with themselves yeah and so it's taken me a long time I think I went vehicle first then I realized the outcome was sort of self-love and I resisted that for a really long time because I don't like the mm-hmm. connotations that exist around yeah. that word. And so I was like, I don't want to talk exactly. about self-love. I don't want to talk exactly. about that. That's not what I want to talk about. So it was only in like very recent days, actually, that I was like, oh, the people that I'm speaking to are your people pleasers, because people know that they can, I, like people can self-identify yes. as that. Right. Whereas yes. when I'm using language around, like you don't like yourself very much, people don't necessarily that. equate that. That And I couldn't get that because for me, it was like my language towards myself was I hate myself. That was what I used to tell myself all the time. And it like, it makes me sad to think about it actually, but that was the language I used. I hate myself. You're, you know, you're awful. You're useless. You're hopeless. And that is, it, it was like a little too heavy maybe for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, what is, yeah. the, what is the thing that people would self-identify as, right? It's not just anxiety because yes, it gives you anxiety to feel this way, but it's not just that. It's not like you're walking around just being like, I wish I could get rid of my anxiety. It's like, I wish I could prioritize myself, but I can't because I'm so deeply entrenched in this kind of like people pleasing behavior. Um, I've lost myself. So I'm still working on this. this. I think I'll be working. on, I honestly think I'm going to be working on this forever, forever. absolutely. Um, yes. And I'm fine with yes. that. But I, I feel like every, and sometimes when I, when I stumble upon like a new like moment of insight, I'm like, how did I, how did I not see that? Yes. <laughs> what was I yes, doing? I love it. Who have I been talking? So, if if anybody listening is like, I, I just I I tuned out because niching is painful. Um, I think that allowing yourself those iterations is so important and knowing that you don't have to stop in order to like figure those iterations out. Like you talk all the time about posting every day for that reason, you know, and, um, I've been posting not every day because I haven't recently, but I've been posting very regularly for years. years. It's been years. years. It's been years. I have not gone viral. I have Me not neither. grown my following to, <laughs> to very big. Um, you know, I still sit on just over 2000 followers. So it's not like it's blown up. But my ability to speak to the person who needs my message or wants to to receive that message has gotten just a little bit clearer every month you know or every this is so um
1: real erica i need everyone listening to this episode to rewind it and go listen to this like this is this is it this is the standard this is the norm this is what if you're going to have expectations this is it the other stuff you see it's clever marketing where people highlight the outliers where people highlight the folks who have done the best. And yes, is it uh ethical in some ways because it's just showing what's possible? Yes, but there's a difference between showing what's possible and what's likely, right? And what Erica is talking about, this is the standard. And I'm gonna say it's the standard because what Erica's doing, and what I want everyone to do, is she's actually looking to go outside of the system. So if we take it way back to what she was saying in the beginning and it being easier, that was talking about easier in people-pleasing people terms, but that's also going to talk about it in terms of business, traditional business, staying within a very broken model. It would be easier to win the broken game by playing with the broken rules and doing the broken process, as you folks say. Erica has said, wait, I want to figure out what do I actually want to do while still going. Chick She to never, never stop. Who do I actually want to be serving in what way? That's a completely different game. That's a game of relating, relating with yourself, relating with humans. That's outside of this model that we've that we're all living in, that, you know, well, I need to eat. So I'm in the game, right? That's just outside of that. And this is that's how it works. It, if you think about it, if you were like in person as well, like you don't just like, blow up overnight. Like maybe one restaurant does, but that happened. Why? Because it like went on Instagram. Like if you only had access to this kind of thing, this is, this is typical and standard and normal and realistic. So I really want you folks to go back and listen to what she has just chronicled as her experience with reaching people and meeting people and that self-discovery process. I am still in it as well. Like I'm just on the fortunate side. I'm one of the outliers that did start earlier and has an easier niche because I'm going B2B and teaching people about movement. And it's easier than being like, I'm going to help you with your pain. People are like, I don't really want that. I'm good. I don't (laughs) want to hear about that today. Right. So I, I don't like to use my own personal story and be like, if I did it, you could do it. I'm like, that's not actually science. The majority of folks are going to go along the same trajectory that Erica has said. And the reason that I still teach and preach and promote it is because of all the other stuff she's saying, how she's like, I can't do anything else. I wouldn't want to do any other way. I don't want to go back to that other thing. I want to actually live my fucking life. I want to enjoy my life. I can't go back to that. And then if you do decide, like, actually, I'm going to Costco, I'm going to work there. Fine. It's also totally fine, but just encouraging people to actually live and experience life. This is how online business works. Erica has just, he's just said, like, it's just, that's it.
0: That What keeps you going? Well, interestingly, you know, talking about the standard and the outliers, I think the stories of the outliers sometimes are so helpful too, because you go, oh, I see what is possible. You know, I, I know that it is possible to make a living doing what I'm doing. And what keeps me going is, I mean, I don't have any grand plans to like create like a massive empire um, I'm too tired for that. Um, yes. but <laughs> also, yes, you know, all also the things yes. like, like you said, I want to live my life. You know, I, I've got hobbies that I, that I love and I've got family and I've got two kids and, um, I want to live my life. But the thing that keeps me going is a real sense that this is right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's just, it's the that gut gut feeling. feeling again, of, is. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, you know you I always have to balance it out with like what do we need mm-hmm. as a yes. family in terms of yes. like making sure that we're still okay um but the reality is i me my well-being my joy and that of my family is more important to me than a squillion dollars like that's what it comes down to for me i often you know my husband david is um he works from home as well and sometimes I just look at him and I'm like, "I love this life we've yes. made. Like I just I love us. I love our family. I love the things we do. Um, we don't have the newest cars. We don't have like all this flashy stuff, but we love our yes. lives. We do stuff that brings us so much yes. joy. We enjoy our time. And to me, I'm not willing to give that up, right? And I work hard. Like I work yes. like I work yes. really hard, and I work very intentionally but there is no martyrdom in what I do anymore. There is no sort of suffering in that. I recognize every day that I'm making the choice to do this and that I can just as easily make the choice to go and work at Costco or anywhere else. And so like, I take responsibility for that. I guess there's that sense of just like, I have chosen this. I keep choosing it every day. If I change my mind, that is also fine, but like I'm so committed to it, I and I and I feel like, and you know, kind of if we blow out bigger, bigger why? Um, like I think we change the world when we share what is ours to share, and I feel like from from the message that I share that when one more person is kind to themselves and loving and you know aligned, um, that changes things. That changes communities that changes the world like it does so that keeps me going too because when people do find me and they're the right you know we're the right fit for each other they get it you know like it's like not everybody has to get my work but the people that do and the people that need it and the people that want it there is that deep sense of like thank you for seeing me thank you for um yeah, thank you for seeing me in, in in what I consider to be a messy human state, um, and showing me that it's okay, and and that to me is everything.
1: So good. If you're listening to the podcast, you don't you don't see what I was doing, but I was giving it a moment so it could sit, marinate. <laughs> be okay with the silence, folks. People will be like in oh, no, the car. What's happening? What happened to the connection? We're still here. It's <laughs> giving it a moment. Just giving it a moment, <laughs> Erica this. I'm not going to add anything. I'm not going to summarize. Rewind it, folks. And go listen to all of that again. I'm going to lead us out. But before I do that, Erica, if people want to find more, if they want to work with you, anything like that, give us your info.
0: All right. Well, Instagram, obviously. Um, so I am at Erica Web underscore self kind. Erica is with a C. Um, and my website is just ericawebb.com.au. Um, and I do have a podcast, which Shante has been on and uh, one of the most downloaded episodes ever on my podcast. Um, and that is called Self Kind with Erica Webb. So pretty consistent erica webb or Uh, self kind you'll find me in all the places all the things
1: we will link that that was actually and i was actually just talking to erica about this i mean last week that was one of the best episodes that i've ever done i i people like to give me a mic i am very fortunate and very grateful for that um but not all opportunities are created equal and that was hands down one of the best episodes guest episodes that I've ever been able to be on. So we will link that and we'll link the entire show and you can go you folks can all go check um check all of that out. I'm going to brag on Erica for a, a second here. Because this episode is about understanding what it's really like to have an online business. And Erica said it um but she said it quickly that you know she works very hard. Erica works incredibly hard and is the epitome of what I think an online business owner should do. I don't love that word, but I'm going to use it because I just did. It's my podcast. I do what I want. If you're looking to get traction in the online space, if you're looking to give yourself a chance to hang around long enough that maybe you do get lucky, because that is a component in the online, you know, in the Instagram space it's going to be from the hard work that you put in and, and showing up. Like the episode I just did with Laura Jean, we talked about this and we're in a weird space right now. Like everybody's mad about everything. And then like, you kind of hmm. like can't say hard work. and then people are like, you don't shouldn't have to work hard to like live. And I'm like, but also yes. So if we think about this, cause Laura Jean talks about, you know, growing things and like, we're just cultivating here. What's, what's the harvest. You're not going to grow anything if you don't do anything. Like I, I don't know what world you came from, but if you want something, you want to cultivate something, and this is not about having the most. It's not about taking from somebody else. If you just want to create, you want to cultivate, you want to have something, you have to put in the work. And Erica has put in the work for 110 billion years. She shows up. Yes, she's not going to say she's like she's not pivoting, right? We're figuring out what direction she wants to go with things and what actually makes sense. And she's been so consistent. So she just used that word, and you saw that all of the uh, the domains and the names and such were consistent. Erica also does all the tech. She does all the stuff herself. She taught herself how to do these things. And one of the first words she used in this podcast episode was res- resiliency or resilience. And that is at the heart of running and having and establishing, starting an online business. I hear folks say, like, I'm going to come in, you know, come to the online space and like, oh, I'm going to outsource this. Like, I'm going to just hire someone for that and I'm going to like get someone for that. And I'm like, you have no, you don't have any money. You're not making any money. Who's doing this? You have no voice, you have no message. And most importantly, you have no money. So no, that's not going to work. This episode, this person who I'm speaking to right now, this is at the heart of establishing, entering, building, continuing an online business. It is the desire to keep showing up and to keep doing the things and to figure out the things. Not month after month after month, right? That's one of the hardest things, that, one of the most problematic things in the online space is that you can learn about online business in 30 seconds, but it takes five years to like start get traction. Like there's a disconnect there. It's so people like, oh, I can do this. i to start. You have to keep showing up, all right? So go check out all of Erica's things. Take note of how many podcast episodes she has. Take note of how many Instagram posts that she has. She has an email list as well. This is what it takes to actually continue and set yourself up for success in the online business space. And bigger than that is that last part that she just said about what actually keeps her going. I think that's huge. And I would love if you go and you rewind past all the shit I just said back to what Erica was saying and listen to that again. Cause that is, I'm like, my job here is done. If that's your, like, David, I love our life. I'm good. We don't have to talk ever again, Erica. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want. want. Just that feeling. There's nothing like that when you're just like maybe, for me, it's like I'm walking outside, I'm sitting in the sun, I'm walking around the block, and the sun is definitely a part of this. And I'm just like, this is great. And I'm thoroughly enjoying my time here on this this, within this existence and this experience that I'm having. Like, yes. All right, we got all your contact stuff going to do the usual question and then I'll wrap us up. You've left us, you've given us rather so much. Is there anything that you would like to leave us, leave the people with?
0: I think I might just say something about what you just said um, in terms of like that hard work and, and commitment and stuff. And I, I think that a lot of the time I have spent – time thinking that hard work and commitment is akin to martyrdom and suffering Um, and then there's the other way right and and what I hope people have heard in some of what I've said today is that you can still kind of like protect your peace for want of a better term you can still follow your joy you can still live your life in a way that feels really good to you and work hard like they don't have to be separate things like after this I'm going roller skating (laughs)
1: That didn't I don't come up. I
0: can't believe I didn't Fridays. come up. So, yes, tell Yeah, us. yeah. I don't work. I don't work on Fridays, sort of front facing. Um, and it's Friday where when we're recording this, even though I know That's it's wild. not for you. Um, and like that to me is a non-negotiable. So I don't cancel roller skating even when I'm busy because to me that is like so important. So I guess like my final message would be like it is that self-kindness, right? It is that self-respect of like. Yes, build a business. Yes, work hard. Yes, put in the time because it does take the time. But you don't have to like kind of like martyr yourself or crap all over yourself in the process of doing that. You can still be your own best ally, look after yourself and build this thing sustainably.
1: Yes. Yes, it's so good. There are so many ties. I'm going to bring Erica on for a second episode. We'll do that when we do that. But I have all these things written down, and I'm like, there's so many ties. And I'm interested to see where she's at with the words she's using the next time we bring her on. So we'll see what's going on with that. You have all of the information, folks. Please do me a solid. Go check her out. I, I, that is my only ask for today, my call to action. If you liked it, if you loved it, if you are picking up what we are putting down, go check out Erica and connect with Erica. That's it. Okay. Erica, E-Web, that's what we call her in the mafia, E-Web, or maybe it's just me, but (laughs) I call her E-Web. it's everyone. (laughs) Might just be me. Thank you for everything. This has been a phenomenal episode. It's been a phenomenal however many years just being in your ecosystem and having you in the mafia, running the mafia, doing all the things and asking the best questions. Just thank you.
0: Thank you. So good. I appreciate you so much. I think
1: you know so, that. So good. So good. So good. And you folks listening to this, thank you. We know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly, endlessly appreciative. I don't have any specific asks except for what I said before. If you liked it, if you loved it, if you're picking up what we're putting down, do me a solid Tapy tap those links that are in the show notes or they're down below if you're listening uh, excuse me if you're watching on the youtubes and go connect with erica all right all right all right that's it until next time friends eweb and maestro